Hey, yo, what the f***? This is a palace right here. The late night flight is paid for by the following. Hello. I have three questions for you. When you're talking NBA with your white co-workers, do you say that Dallas Mavericks point guard Luka Doncic is the best player in the NBA to position yourself as non-threatening in the office? And when black people think that you talk like a white person, do you reply, hey, hey, you would too if you graduated from an HBCU. Are you Rachel Dozer? If you do or are any one of these three, then you are suffering from the contribution of white privilege. Hi, my name is Nasua Nuru, and if you are looking to go from Wayne Newton to Wayne Brady, please give us a call at 1-800-HELL-NO-CAMS. That's 1-800-HELL-NO-CAMS. Give us a call now before you turn into TV. Everybody on a mountain, everybody marching for a young nigga like me to get tsunami on it. I'ma get it, I'ma win a baby. I'll be on my curry till I crash a bird 40 on it. Yeah, I'm acting dirty if it's at the appellation to the appellation. I'ma do whatever that they take to make a black nation. Hold on. What does the passing of Chadwick Bozeman mean to black America and the Black Panther franchise? Um, this was another another heavy loss. This was one of those, you know, on par with um, the feelings that I had when Nipsey Hussle passed. Um, I, re- I just remember how we went hard for Black Panther when it came out. You know what I mean? I went to the movies and saw it like three times to support it. Damn, you know, it, it was like a whole, you know, cultural experience when that movie came out for Black people, you know? And we, we, we showed our and, you know, even though from the beginning of it, I, I, I hated a little bit because I was always uh, team Killmonger. Like, I, I, I totally understood Killmonger's plight, and I really felt like, you know, T'Challa was an enemy to Black Americans, you know? Mm. So, um, but that doesn't take away from, you know, how Chadwick Boseman played that part, how he played Jackie Robinson, you know, how he played James Brown, his credit to acting. Plus, off screen, he was repping, he was repping for us, Black America. He was going hard, and he was really, you know, trying to use his voice and his his movies to really put on for us. So this was a huge loss, and, you know, it, it was just really sad. R.I.P. to the GOAT. I like the fact that you talked about him playing James Brown in uh, Get On Up and also Jackie Robinson in 42. He got to be the Black actor to play prominent Black characters. Or I don't want to say Black characters, but, you know, Black celebrities, Black sports players, you know, prevalent people that we look up to in our day. That's an awesome, that's that's an awesome privilege to have, to be that guy. You know, James, oh, James Brown. Jamie Foxx got to do that one time with with Ray, you know? Right, right. He got, got to do it three times with three incredible, you know, people. So that's he did, awesome. He did Thurgood Marshall too, though. That's cool. Yeah. Who did Thurgood? Oh, yeah, he did Thurgood Marshall as well, right? Right. On the HBO movie, right? Yeah. Exactly. Now, I, it's funny. I always got him mixed up with two other dope black actors, Anthony Mackie, who was in, who's been in all the Marvel movies lately, and he was also in Pain and Game. 
I don't right. know if you remember that movie. That's with uh, your boy The Rock and uh, Mark Wahlberg. <laughs> and, <laughs> and then you got uh, Chiwetu Ejiofor, I believe that's how you pronounce it. You right. know, sorry, my, my, my tweet is off. I'm so sorry. But uh, he's, actually, he's actually a British black, uh, but he's cool as hell. Yeah, Starting yeah. in 12 Years a Slave. What else he was in? Oh, he was Victor Sweet in Four Brothers. Sweet in Four Brothers. He also played. Um, he also played in Doctor Strange. Absolutely. So you know, I give credit to these three actors a lot because they they are carrying that Denzel torch. You know, and and no one, especially Black Americans, when I talk when I have my dates and I talk to women about movies and things of that nature, they don't know none of these actors. Right. Which is like, whoa, what? You don't know Black Hollywood is is almost back in the fray a little bit. Like we got some stars, and I mean, let's not even talk about, you know, the Black female actors, the actresses that we have from Taraji to Viola Davis. You know, it, it's it's about to go down. So um, yeah, rest in peace yeah. to a goat. Uh, as far as the meaning of well, the meaning of what it means, but what it would mean for the Black Panther franchise, I just want to say this. I want to give a lot of credit to Marvel. For real, for real. Because think about this for a second, honey. Marvel recognized a market no matter how it looked. Think about this for a second. White people gonna go to a movie, no problem, whatever. Captain America comes out, people gonna watch it. Hell, black people gonna watch it, but you know what it is. You know, and it's and, it, and that's not a race thing. I'm, this is an eye of racial observation. This is not a knock. So hear me out on this. How do you know if a bunch of black people are going to go to the movies for something? You don't really know. I mean, if you're like this, like, I'm not talking about the director who was black, Ryan Coolidge. I'm talking about the producers, the people that sit behind us, the desk at Marvel, you know? And they're like, no, no, no. Trust me, if we do Black Panther, people are going to get up out their seats for this. And we did it, did we not? Right. We came by the tons. So, and, and then on top of it, Ryan Coolidge did such a great job depicting the, the, the struggle between Africans that right. are Americans here and the Black American. Right. And I think that touched so many people here. And I, I mean, to, to, to find a movie that is unexcusably Black and on all sectors of it, that means so much to me as a black American. So just, you know, again, rest in peace to the GOAT, man. Did Barack and Jordan tell the NBA players to shut up and dribble? So just to give a little context, um, after the shooting of Jacob Blake, uh, the Milwaukee Bucks decided that they weren't gonna come out to play their playoff game against the Orlando Magic. And that set off a catalyst of events where the other teams decided that they weren't going to play either, and the, the players' union essentially had a walkout in the NBA. Now, following that, other sports, NHL, MLB, uh, Naomi Osaka of tennis, uh, all of these people decided that, hey, we're not going to play our respective sports um, at, in protest of that shooting and all the things that was going on in Kenosha, Wisconsin. Right. So after a day of the NBA walking out and the players expressing their discontent and talking like what Kyrie Irving had mentioned earlier, that they weren't going to come back and continue the playoffs. 
They had a sit down with the owners and Michael Jordan uh, came to meet with uh, Chris Paul and LeBron James. And, you know, his sentiment was, you know, he wanted the owners to listen to the players, but he was like the go-between. They also consulted with former President Barack Obama and Barack Obama told them that they needed to go play um, because they didn't necessarily have a plan, but- Was that said like that, honey? Is that what the reporter said? In the article that I read? Yes. Yes, in the article that I read, Barack Obama said that they needed to have an actual plan. So he, he suggested that they play, but that they put pressure on the owners to come up with some actionable items that could be done to show that they're in support of the things that's going on with the players. Gotcha. Okay. Right? So Obama essentially told them to shut up and dribble. In my opinion, I know, I know it's, it's, it's hyperbole with the question, oh, but essentially what, what he's saying is he wanted them to continue to play. Honey, honey, hold on, let's, 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 let's back this up. I'm going to start asking you some questions, all right? Number one, number one, who in the NBA was fired or killed to make the NBA players, I mean, I'm oh, sorry, let me, let, me, let me do that question one more time. Who in the NBA lost their job due to any racial bullshit in the NBA? Mahmoud Abdul-Raouf. No, 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 I'm talking about right now. Oh, nobody. And he actually got to go back and play, by the way. But, but, but that's fine. I'm, I'm glad you said that. I like the fact <laughs> that you've been, like you been studying. <laughs> so nobody right now here goes my next question for you why do you want the nba to stop playing because someone got shot because they stand in solidarity with black people and if they protest in that way that's going to send a signal throughout the world that they need to pay attention to what's happening to black people in america Honey, why people stop playing sports in the first place this year? Because of the coronavirus. Okay, so that means when Tamir Rice and others, right, Brianna, all the all the names say their names, the NBA was still playing, sports was still playing. Absolutely, and they should not have been. They should have did that. Could you imagine in two thousand and twelve, where you still got. Kobe Bryant, you still got major players in the league walk off due to the killing of Eric Gardner or uh, Tamir Rice or Sandra Bland. They put I Can't Breathe shirts with, with, that were just that. But imagine they said fuck that and not played and stopped and halted. You see what happened with the NBA when coronavirus stopped them from playing. Imagine if black people just said, nah, we're not going to play until some changes happen. There's so many angles on this. That's the issue with this. There's so many different levels. I wanna, I wanna, I wanna, I wanna give you props first for taking this leap of faith and saying what you said because I, I will truly say, I believe. Well, in good faith, this could have happened. 
let's say the NBA players did say, because of social injustice, we're not playing in the playoffs anymore. Screw this. We're going to just, you know, cap the season. It's over. We done with it. Right. Maybe, maybe, I doubt if it will happen, but maybe the black players in the NFL would do the same. Right. Now, personally, I don't think it would have happened. I think the NFL as a whole, players, corporate people, owners, CEOs, everybody would have looked at that as an opportunity to say, yo, the NFL is about to be wide open. Nobody's going to be dealing, you know, be doing sports when we're going to be doing sports. All the attention is going to be on us. Everybody loves the NFL. Everybody watches the NFL. Right. Do you know, on average, right now, the, the NBA playoff games are averaging 2.6 million viewers. That's it, bro. 2.6. They've been running games from 1.30 to 11 o'clock at night for two weeks, bro. They only getting 2 million people to watch their games. So realistically, if they didn't want to, you know, hey, we don't want to play. We're tired of this. Technically, the country is basically saying, yeah, okay. Go ahead. So it's easy to do that. But then on, but then on top of it, you don't have a plan that's going to execute the bullshit that's going on with the social injustice in America. Right. They are doing what they can. They're donating money to organizations. You know, I don't want to get into, you know, how much I find that to be, you know, a good thing or a worrying thing, but that's not the here or there. It's their money. I would have liked them to just, you know, pour that into, you know, once again, a Walmart, you know, a black mark in the community. Like, that's my way of saying you're donating $300 million, not giving it to a bunch of community organizations that I don't know what they do or what they are about. Another good thing that they're doing is they're opening up the Staples Center. They're opening up basketball arenas for people to vote. People like to go to attractive places, especially during this time where everybody don't know which way is up during Corona season. So, Look, the NBA players are doing what they can. And let's be for real. Of course they want to end this season. Hanif, why not? Why not end this season as far as get, getting someone, getting, giving a team the, the title of champion? Because it ends their season, which means all the players get their full, uh, full money. Okay? And I know it doesn't mean nothing to LeBron because he gets $33 million all the time. But what about the player that gets $5 million? Right. They're like, oh, no, nah. like, you know, why, why can't we finish the season? I mean, I'm going to be on the bench anyway, but screw it. I want all my money. So my thing is this. I feel, I feel your passion, but to, to criticize two of our leaders that, by the way, our players in the NBA that exercise their power three times better than the players in the NFL, by the way, if they, as a unit, said, we need to go to Jordan and Obama to seek guidance and advice, I'm cool with that. I'm cool with that. And I don't think that they told him to shut up and dribble. I think they basically told him that it's, it's more of a, what do you want to do? And they couldn't answer that question. And they said, well, do y'all want to play? And I mean, they basically, 
they didn't not want to play. I mean, bro, they killed our brother. You know what I mean? That's the, well, they didn't kill nobody. I'm sorry I should have said it like that. God damn it. They shot somebody. Right. And people were tired of it, you know? And I think that was, you know, and I don't mean to put feelings in emotion because I know we, we make that sound so ter- terrible. But more importantly, it's just the fact of the matter that they, they show emotion hard enough to let you know, you know what, this game don't mean shit. And, and, I, and I think that we should look at that more importantly because it's, it's happened with Muhammad Ali, Bill Russell, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, well, Lou Alcinda before he became Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. They have all boycotted in their sport as well. This has been going on 50s, 60s, 70s. So whether they left and say we don't want to do the, we don't want to finish the season or as they're doing right now, finishing the season as a sole supporter of the NBA, and I think it's the greatest sport in the world. I would support whatever the players wanted to do. But the fact that they are playing, I don't want to, I don't want nobody to say that it's a shut up and dribble angle. It is not, man. This is this is people just doing the thing that they love to do. Period. And now we have Hanif Sowell. The senior correspondent of the light skin delegation. Wait, what the f is that? Light skin delegation? We, the light skin delegation slash coalition slash network, would like to offer the full weight of our support to our dear brother Joe Button. Joe has been a purveyor of our light skin comeback since he was pumping it up in the early 2000s. While we do not condone masturbating animals, we are sure there's a logical explanation. We celebrated with pride when Joe and Sin announced they were with Child, and we lamented when Tahiri left him on bended knee in Times Square. Mr. Button has gotten us through some tough times with his emo mood music, and we would even venture to say he is where our brother Drake draws his inspiration. We stand with you, Mouse. Stay strong and keep fighting the good fight. Rihanna has forgiven Chris Brown, so all love is not in fact lost. No further questions at this time. Push us through crowd. What does Joe Budden leaving Spotify mean for the state of black podcasting? You know, I'll be honest with you. I kind of know. I kind of know how I would want to see it. Unfortunately, I'm more of a, I'm, I'm a creator. You know, I, I love to create. I love to make things and have people look at it or listen to it and say, wow, that's pretty dope. However, I do know on a business side, the value of advertising. I know the value of being paid to do what you know and being paid through advertising because that's basically what it is through radio and television. You know, what we watch is basically free. It's, it's, it's the advertising in between that's basically doing all the, all the free television, you know? It's thanks to Tide and Downey and, and J.P. Morgan is why you can just watch the NBA, no problem, you know? But, you know, on, on, on the, the, the building of equity, you know, to be honest with you, like I said, man, I'm, I'm really into what the late night flight can be on a show. And if I could take it to Titan, if we could take it to Titan, if we could even take it to Spotify, make money on it the way Joe Budden did and build it so big where Joe Budden can say, hey, you know what? I want to go. And, you know, we can look at Spotify as the bad guy 
or we can look at Joe Button as the emotional guy. But what real what realistically needed to happen is both parts parting ways with each other. Joe Button is big enough on a podcasting level to build equity. I think we should build equity through someone who kind of, in my opinion, I don't want to say kind of like I'm, you know, backhand complimenting, but I think he actually pioneered the idea of black podcasting in a sense, those shows that he put on YouTube, the things, first of all, he was a number one hit artist, all right? That's number one. He, he had a billboard hit. Pump It Up was a billboard hit. Say what you want, you know it, all right? And then he also got to host the morning show on Hot 97. And then after he left that, he started doing his own thing through internet with Complex and then having his own type of radio programming where, you know, you get some radio, uh, some content and some music, you know, something that you know, could be a little similar. Something that, uh, you know, that's funny. I, I didn't even know that that was going on like that. Actually, my mentor put me on to it. Like, you know, Joe Button was kind of doing something that you're doing with the late night flight, bro. And I'm like, word, I'm looking at it. I'm listening to it. I'm like, yo, Joe Button pioneered an idea. That's dope as hell. And you know what, bro? He's the one that has the equity to get other shows involved. But but I love your idea. And I just thought maybe you want to, you know, throw the audience to it. Because I think Joe Button is something... He's someone that can be the catalyst to your idea. Um, well, I, I, I definitely think that collaboration in this space is going to be key because I think what happened with, with, with entertainers, especially black entertainers, like when you think about it in, in the music business, in the hip hop business, when we've pioneered that, I don't know that we were thinking in these terms. We weren't thinking ownership. So that's why you only have, you know, or you only had Def Jam being like the major black label um, of its time. You know what I'm saying? Whereas if everybody kind of collaborated and created this space where we owned everything from producing the music to pressing the records, to, to, to distribute them in, in the stores, black people will have more of a control over black music than they currently do. Um, and this goes back to Sam Cooke, you know what I'm saying? Where he was trying to do something in that arena where he owned a production company, Motown and these entities. But if we had that on a grander scale, we would have more control. So now here we are in the infancy of podcasting and black entertainment is as relevant as ever. We need to be looking ahead to creating something where we have that sort of ownership and equity that we can control this space. So I believe that it starts with black ownership. So let's go back to the idea of Joe Button basically, you know, running a podcast uh, medium if you will, having his own version of audio spot, Spotify, mm -hmm. Buttonfly, I don't know, whatever, right? So, but on Buttonfly, right? Right. Because he's the owner, so basically, it's, it's through his network. He has a network of $6 million, by the way. I did some research. The network saying that yearly he makes about 957000 plus a year, yearly. This guy can easily build a podcasting site where he can have at least 
three other podcast shows, paid podcast shows, by the way, and create advertisement for the whole uh, podcast medium. Would you agree with that? With Buttonfly? Yeah. That's what we need, right? Something like that. But I'm just saying black ownership matters because, you know, not because it's just owned by a black person. It's just the fact of the matter that, uh, you know, yeah, yeah, actually, yeah, that's actually the reason. Yeah, that's the reason. Yeah. It's just good to have, it's just, it's good to have, you know, black ownership, period. Yeah. Definitely. And I'm like, you think about it like this. You Jay-Z has title. You know what I'm saying? Jay-Z already has a platform. And Jay-Z tried to start that platform with artists actually having ownership of how their content is distributed. So title, when you look at the, the marketplace between Apple, Spotify, the major uh, digital service providers, title is lower on that list, you know, because they don't have as many subscribers as the first two. And I think that, you know, coming together and, and whether it's title or if you just build it up from the ground, but coming together in a way where we could actually have like some sort of unionized podcasting platform where it's like, yo, we move how we move. And, you know, if they're not offering the right money, we don't take the deal. If they're not, you know, respecting how we want to present our content, we're not moving. And we actually could do some collective bargaining type that would guarantee us ownership and control over our content, our, um, and our platforms. Hey, yo, what the f***? This is a pally right here. Rich as f***. 90-year-old Warren Buffett gets to eat Mickey D's with extra salt, but black people got to go to the doctor? Um, the reason why you know, that question is so poignant is that, you know, when we think about Chadwick, Chadwick Boseman passing away of colon cancer at the age of 43, he was diagnosed at 39. Um, right now, the current age for black men to be tested was lowered by the uh, National Health Institute because we are more susceptible to getting colon cancer. So our screening ages are now at 45. He, he was diagnosed at 39. There would have been, unless he had like crazy symptoms, there would have been no reason for him to go and get tested to, to, to get this disease, you know, to get a handle on this disease. So the average person gets tested at 50 unless you have like a history of it in your family. Um, so like I said, there was like this happening to this young person who was healthy, you know, from everything that we can see. You know, he works out, looks good, you know, he still succumbed to this disease and he had money. So we can't even say that that was an issue. Um Warren Buffett is 90 years old and he <laughs> brags about eating McDonald's. He puts salt, extra salt on his McDonald's. He drinks five cokes a day. He likes to snack on Dairy Queen and do all these different things. And he's coasting. He's 90. He's chilling. 
You understand what I'm saying? Yo, you are funny. You say he's so, years old. <laughs> so listen, so we we always we always like to to point out diet and how people eat and huh. you know these are the, are the factors that cause all of the 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 health problems in the black community. Oh, y'all eat too much soul food, so that's why you got high blood pressure and you, you got diabetes because you like banana pudding and all of this shit. But in all actuality, new research is coming out saying that the effects of being black in America and the stressors that are caused by this dual consciousness that we all have to have on a daily basis actually raises our cortisone levels which causes more uh, instances of high blood pressure, diabetes, and other diseases to permeate in our community more than the food that we actually eat. Hey, yo, let me just hold up, yo. Let me just get that up, yo. Hold up, yo. Look at you. <laughs> Sound like a poet. I don't even know what to say to any of that. I mean, you're right, because I am definitely one of them people not, I wouldn't tell you to stop eating soul food. I will say that the ingredients, you know, when you apply the MSG and the salt, that definitely swells you up. That is a scientific fact. Now, but with all due respect to that, that has nothing to do with, in my opinion, the people eating it. Right. You know? So my thing is this, let me use a white person just to do some, you know, just to do a, I guess, a reverse rebut of what you're saying, because I don't disagree with a word you said, but I want to, you know, flip it to another white person where this 90-year-old white person is like, yo, yeah, ice cream and sugar all day, baby, I'm out here. But Bobby Flay does not cook with salt. He's not that guy. Right. He, he doesn't do salt on his food. If you watch, you know, Food Network or the Bobby Flay Network, whatever, I, I guess that's the same channel. I don't know. Yeah. That's, when I had a, that's when I had a girlfriend. I used to watch those type of things. <laughs> and, and I watched Beat Bobby Flay, and I saw uh, one of the judges was like, yeah, you didn't put no salt in this. He was like, I don't, I don't use salt. You want some salt? He, he grabbed a bowl of salt, like, yo, go ahead. You know, right. you can put that salt on there if you want, but you don't do salt. And, you know, he talked about, why he doesn't, of course, and he was talking about diabetes and things of that nature. Um, the, uh, Paula Dean, Paula Dean, another white person that swelled up like a balloon, not because she liked to call people niggas, but because she was putting hella salt on fried chicken and butter. And, <laughs> and butter. So I think there is a catch 22. I mean, yes, I mean, let's let's just be for real. If to be a black American. You know, there are so many, uh, there's so many, you know, I don't want to call it downfalls. There, there are obstacles. There are obstacles, you know. However, as far as, look, we only got one time to do this, one life to live. We right. can't sit there and get mad over the fact that we're more susceptible to the coronavirus, more susceptible to diabetes. We just prevent it like we always do. Right. We right. just beat this shit. We ain't got to sit here and be mad at the fact that, you know what I'm saying, oh my God, man, why is us, Warren Buffett get to be a billionaire, eat, you know what I'm saying, fish fillets and shit. but but we got to die at 27. Hey, yo, what the f***, this is a pallet right here. How do you react if a woman pulls out her card on the first date? All right, so it says, if she pulls out her card 
Yeah. On the first date, she's traumatized by broke Nick. Yeah. Who is this woman? This Who is, is a, this woman. This, this it's actually a gay man that posted it. <laughs> 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 well, okay, well, continue, continue. I don't so, think I was too so, far off. <laughs> so it says if she pulled her card out on the first date, whenever, no, it says if she pulled her card out first, whenever y'all are out, she's yeah. traumatized by broke nigga. And he says, just know if I pull my card out first and yeah. you next me out, it's because I do not want a second date. Oh, so the gay dude's saying if he pulls his card out first, he's basically saying, I don't want to have a second date. Correct. That's that's an indication that I'm I'm not seeing you the same way and you know, we're even. I, I don't want you paying for my meal. I'm gonna pay for my own meal and we can just part ways. Yo, that might sound like some cool gay dude shit because all the women that I know. I still had to pay, and they still let me know they wasn't going to date me the second time, so. Uh, <laughs> yo, that's so I, I, yo, I, I wish. <laughs> this now, came up with me out. Because I, I wish. Oh, shit, yeah. <laughs> women should be more courteous. Because <laughs> as a man, like, I'm probably going to pay anyway, but. For you to be like, uh, uh, do a solid significant offer because I'm not gonna hold me paying for your meal over your head one way or the other. But if you like, look, I, I don't really see this going anywhere and it was nice hanging out with you today. I'll right. pay for my portion of the bill and then we could go our separate way. I think that's a nice gesture. Even though I'll be like, no, don't worry about it. It's cool. I got it. Still I ain't gonna lie, man. I just want a woman, uh, any woman that pulls her card to pay on the first date with me, I hope that she's thinking the same thing I would think when I pay on the first date, which is, <laughs> you know, the obligation of sex. Because yes, I wanted to, girl, let's go. I'm ready. I got an apartment, I got heat, let's go. Let's get in here, let's get right. Let's do now, that you, now that you said that, right? I, Cause I, I thought about this earlier, we were talking off offline. I'm making jokes now. No, but hear me out. We were talking offline and you mentioned to me that you took yourself to a nice Portuguese restaurant last night, bought yourself some nice drinks. Yes, I was very um, alone that night. Yes, go ahead. Did you, did you put out? With myself? <laughs> did you did you take care of yourself and take care of yourself? No, I was... <laughs> no. <laughs> I didn't do such a thing. <laughs> I'm, I think I moped in an Uber for a little bit. When I came, <laughs> I was drunk, so I kind of I, I moped to the driver a little bit about my about how I'm alone. But you know, once I got home, I was okay. I'm like, oh, it's my stop, right? All right, well, have a good day. You know, <laughs> I'll be all right. I'll be all well, right. I know if I if I treat myself out to a nice dinner, I'm I'm definitely putting out. Yo, I mean, as you should. Do you do it in the shower? Yeah, nah, we're not gonna go there. Oh, okay. So anyway. <laughs> no. You the one asking people to self put out like how you gonna ask me a person like how you hey, yo, what kind of shit is that dog well, you know what I'm saying like where, where you put out at then like uh, oh no I'm just <laughs>
loved it. It's a bunch of us. I'm a in the colony, colony. It's a bunch of us. I'm a in the colony. Bunch of us. Brother shining in the gutter, climbing out the gutter, trying to eat the money, bait. Past the mustard, all we want is like we don't ask for nothing. Rather do construction than a crack with us. Then why I do it? Cause I like a something for the younger brother trying to get the bacon pigs. One and two, they the new Arcada. Hold on, everybody on they Martin, everybody marching for a young nigga like me to get tsunami on it. I'ma get it, I'ma win a baby. I'll be on my curry till I crash and burn 40 on the Yeah, I'm making nerdy if it's at the appellation to the appellation. I'ma do whatever that they take to make a blacker nation. Hold on, 40 on it, brother. We gon' rule the day. 400 graduated school of trade. New whips, new chains, bro. Who a slave? Couple pretty things, call them boom bay. It's a bunch of us. I'm a hand in the colony. It's a bunch of us. I'm a hand in the colony, colony. It's a bunch of us. I'm a hand in the colony. I'm a hand in the colony. I'll be damned if you try me, try me. It's a bunch of us. I'm a hand in the colony. It's a bunch of us. Colony, come find this food to survive with me. It's just a thing that's gonna get man it gotta be. Live by the dollar to poverty, not making friends just to side with me. Business is business, that's policy. Shout out to those who ain't hired me, who recently fired me. Failure, it only inspired me. Same, different approach, laid out, slit in your throat. You can let him out the cage, ain't no hitting the ghost. Whatever floats your boat, hope I'm singing the ship. Meanwhile, we was leaking from whips, straight out of Essex. Yo, the kid is legit, saving every scrap, kibbles and bits. Cruising down the street, six fold, linking the whip. Bunch of us, we the pack, what you frontin' us? Hey yo, what the f this is a pallet right here.